Hey, it's Jewel Davis, wide receiver for Bethune Cooking. You are here listening to On the Fence Side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. All right, welcome back, Dolphins fans, to another episode of On the Fin Side. Make sure you leave a like and a subscribe to keep up to date with all of our off-season coverage, whether you're listening on iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, the Miami Sports Music app, or any one of our platforms out there. This is Paul Pickin, and today I'll be sitting down with Purdue outside linebacker and NFL draft prospect Danny Ezechukwu. Danny, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Love having you on. I this is absolutely my favorite time of year. All right, so Danny, tell us a little bit more about you, who you are, and where you come from for our listeners that didn't watch too much Purdue football this year. Yeah, um, so Danny is a true, like you said. I am an outside linebacker, inside linebacker. I played at Purdue University. Got there in 2013, just finished up my senior season, uh, 2017, 2018. I'm originally from Latonia, Georgia, which is a small city outside of Atlanta, about 30 minutes east. I got two sisters. And uh, we live with our mom back home, so shout out to them. Love y'all. And, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Before we dive into football, what are some of your interests and hobbies off the field? Uh, it's funny that you ask this because, you know, I get asked this all the time, and I had to uh, I had to think, my, think to myself, I'm like, what do I really like doing? So uh, I couldn't really come up with a, a sufficient answer or an answer that was suffice. So I picked up the habit of reading. So I started reading a lot more, like, you know, reading books cover to cover and things like that. And I'm actually starting to enjoy it. Uh, you can kind of catch me when I got some downtime. You can catch me with my nose in a book. Right now I'm reading uh, 48 Laws of Power, which is a really popular one. Uh, but I've read The Happiness Hypothesis by uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Haidt. I've read uh, Chop Wood, Carry Water by Joshua Metcalf. And I've read uh, The Richest Man in Babylon by uh, George S. Carson. So I've read some pretty decent books, and I'm um, I'm kind of high on it now. And another thing I like doing, I really enjoy spending time with my son. Uh, he's one he's, – 15 months at the end of this at the end of this month. So me and him spend a lot of time together. And shout out to him. I love him a lot too. Always love hearing that when people give that shout out to their kids, man. It's it's the football part's important, but that that work life balance is always key. So congrats to you, man. I, I'm a big reader myself. Awesome. Now, awesome. what's this whole draft process been like for you thus far? Up up until this point, it's been re- relatively like rapid. Like everything's been moving really really fast. You know, right after the bowl game, um, it was like training, you know, nonstop for pro day. But now things have kind of started to slow down. I know the NFL is in free agency right now, uh, probably hooking up their draft board. So this is the most daunting part for me, if you will, because it takes a lot of discipline at this point to get up and, and work out, even though in my case, you know, you don't know what's coming. You know, I know I'm not the number one guy on a lot of people's draft boards, so you don't really know what's coming and you don't really know where you're going to land. So, you know, you're trying to keep your spirits high amongst all the ambiguity and, you know, just stay disciplined, working out, getting up every day uh, and, and treating your body right because a lot of things can go south, you know, if you, if you relax at this point in time and you show up to somebody's rookie camp out of shape or something like that. Thinking in terms of stuff like that, being disciplined, et cetera, what advice would you give to young players out there, whether they're in high school or the youth leagues, as far as what they should do and how they should conduct themselves to try to make it to the NFL level if that's one of their dreams out there? Uh, one thing I would say is probably – I'd probably say keep things in perspective. The reason why you get as far as you do, it, it'll be it'll be kind of crazy to me for somebody to revamp everything that they've done if they've, you know, reached a certain point of success in their life. 
So I, I would say, you know, just keep it, everything in perspective. When you're looking at scouts or coaches or, or anybody in the, in the world of football, it's a really small world. And these are just people too. You know, these, these coaches that you see, they, they feeding their families off of this. And, you know, they're not superhumans or anybody that you truly, truly have to impress, in my opinion. Uh, all you, and all you really have to do is impress one person. You know, you have to impress all 32 teams or all 100 FBS teams or however many there is. You know, you really just got to get one to like you. And I, I feel like a big thing of that is keeping things in perspective and being yourself, really. And uh, and good things will come after that. I like that answer. Now, what would you say, as far as you're concerned, some of your biggest strengths are and some of the areas of your game that you feel you need to work on and improve? One thing I think that stands out about me, you know, on film is uh, I, I play with a really high motor. You know, I'm, I'm always around the ball. And, and things like that. So I think that plays to my strengths. I think that's the guy you always want on defense because, you know, 11, 11 men running to the ball can't be beat. So, you know, when you get around the ball, good things happen, you know, turnovers and things like that. One area of my game that I, I kind of struggle with is my short area quickness, my short area explosiveness. You know, it doesn't look as fluid. I feel like it's some, it's some coaches will want it to. So that, that's one area of my game that I, I really try to uh, hone in on and, then, um, and improve, you know, day in and day out during training sessions. I've seen you projected at outside linebacker. You mentioned before inside linebacker as well. I've also seen you projected as possibly a defensive end at the next level. What do you feel is your okay. most natural fit? My most natural fit is probably outside linebacker because, you know, I've uh, I've rushed. I've been rushing the past since high school. I played DN in high school, true, you know, hand down in the dirt, DN in high school. Uh, but when I came to college, I actually learned how to play inside linebacker. I was playing the weak side linebacker when I came when I came to college, excuse me, when I came to Purdue. So I played inside linebacker for about three years, actually. So I was playing well, and I learned, you know, different concepts and different drops and things like that. And it really enhanced my knowledge about defenses altogether. But I do feel like my most natural fit is outside linebacker, but I feel like because I played, you know, behind it, I played inside linebacker, it makes me even more of a better, more – more of a utility guy, if you will, at the outside linebacker position because I could do a lot more. So, uh, But outside linebacker is probably my most comfortable fit. Who would you say you model your game after? I get this question a lot, too. And uh, you got a part of me if my answer sounds real rehearsed, but I, I do feel like it's a pretty valid comparison in my eyes. I, I really like watching Cliff Averill, man. Um, Cliff Averill is a Purdue guy. Cliff Averill, you know, isn't the – he's not the biggest guy. You know, he's not a guy – who's often in the media and things like that. But I do feel like he plays with a, a super relentless motor. Uh, I feel like he's very, very quick off the ball. You know, it's something about my game that I want to, that I want to get, you know, on his level, but that's some guy, that's a guy that I really, really watch and try and emulate as a Purdue guy. And uh, as, as a, as a great Russian, a guy who plays really, really hard. Throughout this process, you're going to be sitting down with a lot of general managers, a lot of scouts. Say you're sitting down in a room right now, with Dolphins general manager Chris Greer, what would you tell him to convince him that you are a guy that he needs to take and fill out this roster? Uh, yeah, I would tell him that, you know, I'm a consummate professional. Uh, I'm going to be a guy. Obviously, I'm going to be a rookie when I come in, so I'm going to be a guy who, who's going to be seen and not heard. I'm going to do my part, you know, whatever is required of me, whether that be, you know, uh, special teams or uh, situations on defense, whatever it may be. And uh, like I said, I'm just going to be professional about the whole entire thing. I'm not going to bring any distractions to the locker room. And um, I'm, I'm going to be the best player I could be on and off the field. Adam Gase has made a big point this offseason of letting folks know that he wants people on this roster that just love football. 
What's your favorite part? What do you love most about the game? Oh, that's another good question. What I love most about the game, especially on the defensive side of the ball, what I love most, and I, I realized that this year is all the preparation, because we got a new coaching staff, so things were a little bit different the way we prepared, you know, day in and day out. But when we got on the field on those Saturdays and we were put in those situations and we, we, we saw formations that we saw in practice and we and we recognized, you know, stances and, and, and we knew how we needed to fit before we even – before the ball was even snapped. You know, it, it, that that's what, you know, I thrive on in football. I love being out there with 10 of the guys and seeing what we've already prepared for and knowing we're going to stop it before we even stop it. That's what I really love. So I love the preparation, which leads to the execution in those games. So that's that's one thing that I, I really do admire about football. And everything, like I told you, everything I've been reading, you know, has been about strategy and stuff like that. So just putting your strategy together and, and going out there and executing, there's no better feeling. Two more questions, and then we'll get to our final question here. First one I got to ask you. I saw an interview where someone had asked you three people, living or dead, that you could go to dinner with. Yeah. And you said Huey P. Newton, Malcolm X, and Adolf Hitler. Now, that'd be one heck of an odd dinner to sit at. What Hell prompted yeah. those three? Well, um, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a shameless plug here. I've been getting a lot of shout-outs, but I, I got to give one more to the uh, brothers of Five Beta Sigma. Hugh P. Newton was a uh, was a brother of Five Beta Sigma, so you know it'll be it'll be excellent to sit down and pick his brain, and you know ask him why he joined the frat. You know he was a he was what some people would consider an extremist, you know for uh, for civil rights and things like that. So I was I would love to sit down and pick his brain about that. Uh, Malcolm X, a bit of the same thing. You know Ma- Malcolm X was, was definitely considered a rebel, but uh, again, like I told you, he was big on strategy. You know he knew what his strategy was. He kept a he kept a strong arm. And, and things like that. He didn't let anybody rattle, rattle him. And he was really a guy who wasn't scared to die. And a guy who's not scared to die, you, you really got to be fearful of and respect. So I would definitely love to sit down with him and pick his brain. And as far as Adolf Hitler, you know, unfortunately he did what he did. But what you can't discredit about Adolf Hitler was he was one of the most powerful, most influential people in, you know, throughout history. You know, whether he what he did was right, or wrong, and I would really love to sit down and ask him, you know, how did he garner such influence over so many people to convince them that a certain race of people was just, you know, not right or wrong or incorrect? You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't divine. He was out of his mother's womb, just like every other man. So how did, how, how was he able to garner so much influence over such a nation to, to do what he actually did? So I'm not a proponent of what he did in any stretch of the imagination. But I am, I do admire how much influence he had over those people. So I would really love to sit down and, and pick his brain on how he became such an influential leader. Fair enough. All right. I'm actually going to jump right straight to the last question here. It's mm-hmm. one that nobody gets away from our show without answering. You're rolling down the street. You're in your car. You got the windows down. You got your music player pull, plugged in, blaring over your car radio. Every song in your music catalog is up for grabs. What is the one song? that you pray does not come on next and everybody around staring at your car knows that you listen to that song? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to be honest. So I'm not going to – I'm not even going to cover it up, man. I'm really hoping that uh, Free Falling by Don Mayer doesn't come on next. Like uh, All right. Don can... Mayer, that, that album he had uh, in Los Angeles, I think it's like Where yep. the Light Is, that's what he, he performed. I'm really hoping that doesn't come on, man, 
John Mayer gets a bad rap, but he makes good music, man. He does. He does. All right. Well, hey, Danny, thank you very much for joining us today. For our listeners out there, make sure you like and subscribe and follow us out on YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of the other platforms that we're out there on. And it's not on the right side. It's not on the left side. It is on the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about.